Hello, this is Dorothy. In addition to the weekly format of this podcast in which I offer practical and spiritual wisdom that I lovingly share with you each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am so excited to offer a second format of amazing content. It's called Ask Dorothy. These episodes reveal the inner workings of what really happens inside a session of therapy and life coaching with me. Here I dive into the richness of content that each client brings to our sessions and how we best navigate what insights, teachings, solutions, and of course, healing and wholeness abounds. I know that listening will offer you much wisdom and guidance in the ways that bring to life what you need and also how to implement the best practices and teachings that I share to honor all of what you seek and all of what you are becoming. In each of the Ask Dorothy episodes, you will also hear my candid observations and commentary and the process for how we arrive in a place of harmony, relief, clarity, understanding, and the true change that happens in each and every session because of a client's willingness to grow, to evolve, to move beyond their comfort zone and into the revelation of what they already know, what they learn to be capable of, and what they desire most for their life. My job is always to support a client's progress and to provide the right tools and best therapeutic practices to ensure that each client will reach their goals, including to be all that they wish to become. I hope you'll enjoy the Ask Dorothy series as an opportunity to have the knowledge and insight of what we can do together. If you have a question that needs my love and helpful guidance, please write to me. All right, so let's jump into this episode and ask Dorothy. Welcome to this episode of Ask Dorothy. I begin with my client's question. Dear Dorothy, so like I often do, I have been thinking about a few things. Like I said a few weeks ago, I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. That was both in physical and mental terms. In physical terms, being stuck at home staring at the computer and limited opportunities for exercise over the winter has left me 20 pounds overweight and a cardiovascular capacity of a cantaloupe. Getting to the gym and out biking are key parts to fixing this, along with overhauling my diet. I am even considering talking with a naturopath. So the plan is in the works. In mental terms, well, that is more complicated in that it means thinking about who I am as a person and who do I really want to be. I know this is a really deep topic, especially for an engineer. I don't know where I want to end up, but I know that it probably isn't where I am today. Some of the thoughts on the subject come from what has been happening at home for the last few years and recently at work. 
Some of the questions that I frequently ask myself are, if my wife suggests that any number of my behaviors or responses need to change or be fixed, does that mean I am a defective person? When my wife implies that I don't care, I have to ask myself, is that true? In all honesty, sometimes I probably don't or only partially care. Does that make me a bad person? If the answer to the first two questions is no or maybe, am I being manipulated in some way? If yes, then what kind of person am I for letting this happen? If I change, whose expectations are I trying to live up to? This also relates to the question above. See, it all ties together. I know your answer to this one. So I guess the question is, do those expectations align with my own? I don't want to be a person that complains all the time and blames others for my situation. How does one do that without being complacent and perpetually standing your ground? What is a good level of differentiation of interests and values in a relationship? Not an issue years ago, but there seems to be some divergence recently. I think this is enough for now. I look forward to hearing your thoughts, opinions, and advice. To awaken begins the inner journey, a flurry of questions that ponder a deeper longing, that begin to highlight and address what needs to improve, to change perhaps to end, in order that you may be content and happy and at peace. When your questions become a source of deeper longing for change and of what is both needed and important for you now and for the rest of your life, it is time to know your answers. John's questions center around a theme of self-examination and the desire for change. It is usually our dissatisfaction and unhappiness with one or more aspects of ourself and thus impacting the quality of our life that makes change necessary. We can continue to live, and sometimes we do indefinitely, hoping and likely also working to fix or change a situation, a relationship, or how another person treats us. Yet, in the end, you have control only over yourself, your thoughts and perceptions, how you feel, and your actions and reactions. You are self-governing. If your life situations or a particular person is contributing to your disharmony and sadness, I encourage you to find your solution to no longer continue in the pain and suffering of what is not fulfilling, nor kind and loving. Begin to ask the questions that will help guide you towards truth and the right solutions that you can then act upon with growing confidence. It is only when you are no longer willing to continue on a path that is detrimental that imposes suffering, that happiness can be found again. Ideally, the goal is to continue to make healthy adjustments 
and to auto-correct all the time, to adjust and reposition, to amend and recalibrate what you are doing or not doing means that you do not find yourself in a situation that is heartbreaking and difficult because you are self-aware and awake. As you experience yourself in the present moments of your life and simultaneously a witness to what you see and sense, you are able to determine through self-awareness what you need and how you need to be. You fix a problem with the solution and not by focusing on the problem. Ask the deeper questions. Be willing to hear your answers. This helps you to live in your truth. This is the first step to solving a problem, to finding the best solution, to navigating a path and a strategy that will always help you. Sometimes clients will email me questions. For some clients, our entire session is communicated in an exchange of emails. Such is the case of my client, John. Next, I share my email reply together with more questions for him to probe deeper. And of course, John's real name has been changed to maintain confidentiality. Dear John, it's good that you are reflecting on what you are seeing, both in the mirror and metaphorically in your life. You and I will touch back on your plan for your physical wellness, and I will follow up with what changes you have implemented and for what adjustments and fine-tuning will help even more. It's great that you are getting on top of your physical wellness as this will always help you to feel more confident and resilient in the daily situations of life before you, including your home environment and work life. From our CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy work thus far, you know how to challenge your thoughts and what others tell you. As you keep this skill set in mind, let's begin here and with your first question. If my wife suggests that any number of my behaviors or responses need to change or be fixed, does that mean I am a defective person? To be able to accurately answer your question, first consider how do you define defective? Uncover this answer by assessing yourself using a formal definition. You need a measure by which you can answer this with certainty. What does defective mean? And then, is this truly what you are? Your second question. When my wife implies that I don't care, I have to ask myself, is that true? In all honesty, sometimes I probably don't or only partially care. Does this make me a bad person? Here, you have already begun to accurately assess the validity of your wife's words. I'll encourage you to first find your answer to your own question. If you don't or only partially care, does this make you a bad person? 
define the word bad first and then you will more clearly and with confidence have your answer. Another way to approach your question, John, is to examine your truth. For example, what are the reasons that you do not or only partially care? As you and I have already spoken in detail about the tension and discord in your marital relationship, I am aware of some of the dynamics, including the hurtful words that come as accusations. Decide first if you are indeed a bad person so that you can have this clear answer, so that you do not have to question this. Then ask yourself, why don't I care or only partially care? Let your honest answer to this question reveal more truth that lies beneath the surface. And something as an aside meant for you to hear. The practice, even in therapy, is to become more confident in asking and answering your questions and trusting in your intuitive wisdom. As you probe deeper in self-reflection, you will arrive at your truth. You must be willing to arrive at your answer, to not hide from it or to pretend that it's not real, but to truly examine it. In therapy, you can always ask for my input. However, if I were to always give you answers, would they really be as significant? Would you always agree with them? Would this teach you how to find your own answers? The reason clients progress far in our sessions is because they are always challenged to do the work, to acknowledge their truth, to develop the skills that will allow them to know themselves best, because this is how you chart your course for the rest of your life, with confidence. Next, John's third question. If the answer to the first two questions is no or maybe, am I being manipulated in some way? If yes, then what kind of person am I for letting this happen? What you are showing me, John, is that you do have the answers to your questions. Let yourself answer, what kind of person am I for letting this happen, with compassion and kindness? This is how you will reveal more truth. Truth about your relationship. Truth about the love that is present or absent. And truth about what you will do next. When we ask questions without allowing ourselves to reveal our answers, we can't arrive at the solutions that are needed. Here, it's best if you can answer with full honesty and see where your answers take you. Question number four. If I change, whose expectations am I trying to live up to? This also relates to one of my earlier questions. See, it all ties together. I know your answer to this one, so I guess the question is, do those expectations align with my own? My answer to John. To my earlier point, you are answering your own question here. 
This is exactly what helps bring you to the next step or course of action that you will take. Answer your question, perhaps this time aloud. Do the expectations of your wife or anyone for that matter align with your own? Do they need to? And a gentle hint for one of the people that you love the most in addition to yourself the person that you have chosen to be in relationship with for hopefully the rest of your life, would you not want them to always have your highest good in mind for supporting you in the best possible way? If they do not hold your highest good in their heart and mind, are they the right person? Have you chosen the right person to be with forever? Another aside for you, the listener, I think by now you are hearing a theme in what this episode of Ask Dorothy is really about. In a session of therapy and life coaching, I want to have you ask all of the questions that need an answer. And I also want you to be able to trust in your sense of self and in knowing what is right and best for you. It's important to be able to recognize if someone has made you responsible for fulfilling their emotional and physical needs. This, of course, is impossible and only sets you and them up for heartbreak and failure. John's question number five. I don't want to be a person that complains all the time and blames others for my situation. How does one do that without being complacent and perpetually standing your ground? In this question, what I discovered John was really asking was, how do I not blame others for my situation? And how do I stand my ground when others are placing expectations upon me that I cannot possibly satisfy? If someone, in this case, John's wife, does not have a confident sense of self, if someone perpetually relies on others or situations for their feelings of well-being, the world can be, and usually is, a constant source of fear and uncertainty. John would express to me how his wife would be mired in anxiety and stress in her job as a structural engineer, and constantly in blame of others for how they made her feel. We know that no one makes us feel what we feel. What you feel is determined by what you think and perceive. If you have an external locus of control, you will feel a lack of autonomy and power, and you will convincingly tell yourself and believe that Others are responsible for your feelings and well-being. John's question is also about taking a stand for what he believes in, for speaking his truth, and for using his voice. That is, to no longer shut down, which was his typical way of dealing with a situation in which his wife was accusatory often raising her voice or yelling and berating him. If you believe that using your voice is pointless, that the other person will not listen nor respect your needs, 
What does that tell you about the relationship that you currently have? And John's question number six, what is a good level of differentiation of interests and values in a relationship? Not an issue years ago, but there seems to be some divergence recently. This question dives deeper into John's relationship and more of what he has already identified. In my book, The Purpose of Love, I discuss the concept of being highly compatible with your partner because this compatibility is going to need to withstand the test of time. Both members of a couple will change throughout the course of a relationship. Change is healthy as long as it is positive and authentic to who each person is. Life circumstances such as job endings, moving, injuries, illness, death of family members, and so many other events that can cause us to come undone can create tension and conflict in a relationship. It can stress the weak points and even cause these to break. If you are choosing a partner with whom you want to have a lengthy and happy relationship, it's important to know the other person extremely well, to take your time to see how they handle stress and life challenges, and what their coping strategies and mechanisms reveal. You need to see how your partner reacts to and navigates the more difficult times to see what the compatibility truly is. Divergence happens when we see a person's whole self, including their response to stress. And as we witness their beliefs and values in a variety of situations and settings, John recognized that his wife had a view of the world much like her father, that others were to blame, which then abdicated her from any responsibility for taking control of her thoughts, feelings, and actions. Your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are what you have control over. You can have some divergence in beliefs from your partner, but you must have the most important beliefs closely aligned. Think about all of the values and ideals that you hold that set the course for how you live and what your life becomes. Ideally, you want to have these beliefs aligned with the one person who will be sharing your life. You can have different food preferences, styles of dress, even divergent tastes in music and culture, yet the values that you hold to be most important for the kind of person you are and who you are still becoming must be closely attuned with that of your partner if you wish for a harmonious relationship. I often remind clients that it truly is important to be a best friend with your partner as you want to have the basis of your love relationship built on the loyalty and certain respect of being a true and honorable friend. When you begin to ask questions of yourself, 
When you begin to look at where you are and where you want to be, the first step, the most deliberate step, is to look within. Ultimately, you have to rely on yourself for the change that you seek. What are the questions that you have begun to ask yourself? What are your honest answers? Honesty will always reveal truth. The truth can be difficult to acknowledge, especially if it conveys something that you do not want. But please remember, you don't fix a problem with a solution that hasn't worked or is not working. And being willing to really see yourself requires the ability to look with pure honesty and truth. And finally, just a note, in the podcast, you'll also find a seven-part series called Chakra Wisdom. Here, I feature the teachings of each of the seven major energy centers of the body and the psychological, emotional, spiritual, and physical impact of each on your being. The questions that John has asked here are predominantly of a second chakra nature. The sacral or svadhisthana chakra governs our emotional security, separation versus attachment, and our safety and support to explore in the world. A child's emotional identity is associated with the second chakra. If we are unable to trust our own feelings, we hold them in, shut them down, and we lose a vital connection to experience and to life. Emotions are the first language of the child, spoken through the instinctual reactions of the body. You may wish to have a listen to the episode on your second or Svadhisthana chakra if some of what you've heard here resonates for you. I'll drop a link in the description for this. And finally, if you have a question for me as an existing client, in addition to our current sessions, or if you would like my help as a potential new client, please reach out. You can send your questions to me by email, dorothy at dorothyratusny.com. Thank you so much for listening. And please, I would love for you to share out the podcast with others if you've been enjoying listening. And please subscribe so that you'll always know when a new episode is dropped. And that is every Tuesday and Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much. I hope that you feel the love. Sending you great love. This is Dorothy. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of the Wisdom Podcast. To hear more, please check out the other episodes right here. And I'd love for you to subscribe and share your feedback on this or any episode with me. And then join me at DorothyRatusny.com, where you'll find the Wisdom Blog, the inspiration for this podcast, the latest online courses that I teach my YouTube videos, and the Wisdom Archives, which are an extensive library of guided meditations, mindfulness musings, 
spiritual teachings, and best therapeutic practices for your whole being and to nourish and heal your life, plus many other special offerings of love. Please also visit me on social media and say hello. Allow yourself to go within, to access your inner wisdom, and to live this. Awaken your authentic power, live your truth, and be love. Thank you. This is Dorothy.